Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. His son, an active member of the United States Marine Corps, was killed in a hit-and-run car accident. It was complicated by the fact that the suspect was an illegal immigrant. He's here to talk about that on the Law Enforcement Today Show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at helpforourheroes.com. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. In addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those that suffer from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. Their program features first responders and veterans helping first responders and veterans. Got questions? They have the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. Calling us from the great state of Illinois, Jim Walden on the phone. Jim, thanks so much for joining us on Law Enforcement Show. Very much appreciated. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I met Jim when I was in D.C. for the Federation of American Immigration Reforms Hold Their Feet to the Fire radio row event. And Jim was with a lot of family members of, of unfortunately, people that had lost loved ones. And uh, we had a chance to talk, and I said, hey, got to have you on the show. So thank you again very much for coming on the show and agreeing to talk about something that's very, very difficult. Yes, sir, it is. We're talking about the death of your son. And it, um, while they use terms like accident, uh, a death is a death. And I don't know that it's any better or any easier, no matter what the circumstances. And, and And quite frankly, it's not supposed to be that way. At a certain age, our kids are supposed to bury us, not the other way around. No parent should ever bury their child. Yeah, and I, I, I feel for you. You're one of the worst things I've ever had to do in police work was death notifications. Uh, when someone died out of state, we get a call, the dispatcher, and we get to notify the parents in person. And quite often it was, hey, your son was in an accident in, in Ohio or in Illinois. And this situation is the, the opposite. Your son was in Maryland and you were in Illinois, correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. What happened? Well, tell us about the accident that, that, that cost your son his life. He'd had a difficult day at work. Uh, he was in the Marine Corps and he decided to go for a ride on his motorcycle after work to unwind. That's what I used to do. It's a great way to decompress. He learned that from me. I would have a bad day. I would come home. 
I wouldn't even go in the house. I'd just go in the garage, get the bike, and go. And that's what he did. He got off work. He went for a ride. At about 3.30 in the afternoon, February 24th, 2017, he was hit by an illegal immigrant, alien, whatever the proper term is these days, um, that was running 65 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone on a very curvy road. Lost control of his car not once but twice and hit my son on his motorcycle and killed him instantly. He was 21 at the beginning of a very, very bright future. And after the accident, the driver jumped out of the car and ran, leaving a passenger injured in the car. Um, It took the police about an hour and 45 minutes to find him. They used helicopters, dogs, and they found him hiding in a quarry. And the first question he asked him was, is the boy dead? And they didn't even bother to blood test this guy anything after the accident. They took him into custody. And luckily at that time, because they knew he was an illegal, they had known for five years, they notified ICE. And they did put a retainer on him. He was denied bail anyway, but they did put a retainer on him. And he ended up, the only thing that the state of Maryland could prosecute him for and make stick was leaving the scene of an accident involving a death. Now, having been, being that I'm retired from the Baltimore Police Department in Baltimore, Maryland, that's not far from where your son was killed. Right. They have a hard enough time getting murder charges to stick. Uh, I'm not making excuses for them. Uh, the, the criminal justice system in that state and many states across the United States are, are so severely dysfunctional that, and, and we can have a conversation to go on forever and ever about the reasons why they won't prosecute, but they don't prosecute much of anything. Then that's the first thing that the prosecuting attorney said to me. The very first time that I ever spoke to him, they called, they introduced themselves, and they said, we want to apologize right away for the fact that Maryland is very lenient on traffic deaths. They're, they're leaning on all, they're leaning on shooting deaths. They're leaning on strangulation deaths. They're, they're leaning on everything. And I'm getting angry because having worked there for so long, that you see the revolving door. And again, this is not just Maryland. This is in so many cities across the United States where people have 30, 40, 50 prior convictions and are still walking the street. And we're talking about crimes of violence. Well, this guy, he was known to be illegal in 2012. That was five years prior to this accident. And let me guess, they did nothing. He had been in trouble with the law five times in that five years. One of which was he got convicted of domestic violence. He was put on an order of protection and probation. I don't understand how you put somebody that you know is illegal that goes through the court system is convicted of a violent crime and they get probation. Why was he even still there? I don't know, Jim. This is one of the things that when we strip out partisan political conversation and some people love to wrap it up in there, but when we strip out all that and all the ideology behind that, 
it doesn't make any sense at all. If the person's not supposed to be here, if they've had multiple encounters with the law, if they've been convicted and they're here illegally, and I that people love to get upset about that term, but I don't know whether the term is correct. You want to use undocumented, whatever it might be. They're here illegally or undocumented. They're convicted of crimes. They should be sent home. Yes, sir. And illegal is a correct term. They are here in violation of our law. Uh, I, I get it. You know, you're not going to get any any argument from me whatsoever. And I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. Between me, you, and America listening, that argument makes no sense. They say people can't be illegal. Well, I get that. But people do illegal things all the time. Yes, they do. And unfortunately, they play semantics and ideology and people's lives are on the line, as was the case with your son. I don't understand how it seems in today's environment the rights of someone that is here in violation of our law are put above the rights of our citizens and the needs of our citizens. It's it's insane that they put their rights above our elderly who are struggling to survive, our starving children, our homeless veterans. They all come second. How how does that? How does anybody agree with that? I I never quite understood that. Look, I'm old school, and I from meeting you, I can tell you're old school guy too. Yes, uh, people are. People, you, you don't put a value, greater value on one person than the other until they do something that diminishes their value to society. So you don't judge people based on whatever comparisons you want to use. Everybody's equal in the eyes of law in the United States of America until you do something that violates the rights and, and safety of other people. Uh, and that's when we judge people based on their actions, not on. Some in, yeah, and I, I don't like this whole idea that we've somehow gotten wrapped up in a conversation where other people are placing value, higher, greater value on some entity of people or some group of people over those that are here already. I just don't understand it. The, one, of the, one of the arguments that they use that infuriates me is the fact that we are separating children from their parents. Is that what happened with you and your family? I'm separated permanently. That's exactly I'll right. I'll never see my son. That, that's that's exactly right. We're going to take a short break. We are talking with Jim Walden. This is a Law Enforcement Today show. We've got a lot more to talk about. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center 
call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Return to a conversation with Jim Walden, calling us from Illinois. Uh, I'm going to recap for those just joining us. Uh, Jim's son, James Walden, United States Marine Corps, active duty, was riding his motorcycle in Maryland, my home state, and uh, he was struck and killed in an accident, a hit-and-run accident involving an illegal alien, for lack of better words. Um, And I'm not going to get, I'm not going to apologize to people who want to get wrapped up into semantics. We're not doing it. We're here to talk about Jim and and his son and his story. Jim, I take it you were in Illinois when your son was killed? Yes, sir. I I was working that night. How did you find out? I was a bartender at a local VFW. I'm a veteran myself. Thank you for your service, brother. It's uh, very much appreciated. Jimmy went in the Marine Corps to be like me. And three full uniformed Marines showed up at the door. And it's not unusual. It's a VFW. You know, people come in there after functions and things, and they're in uniform. Right. Uh, you have to buzz them in. So I buzzed them in, and me being a Marine myself... I, of course, had to bark at them and walk out from behind the bar and introduce myself because they're my brothers. And in the process of my introducing myself, the captain stopped me. And he said, well, he says, uh, what we're here for is we're looking for James Walden. And that's when it hit that something happened. Mm-hmm. Uh I looked him in the face and I told him, I said, you ain't looking for me. And I walked away. They, of course, followed and explained to me what had happened. And we spent the next few hours getting in touch with his mother. And it just went downhill from there. First of all, I can't even begin to understand and comprehend what that must have been like for you. Uh, I, I've seen day of my life. I'm sure it was, and I'm sure it still is. I know that when there's death notifications we had to do, uh, it's tough. It's very, very difficult for the, the, the police officer doing it. Uh, and I know from growing up in a military family, uh, especially during Vietnam where y- you knew how the notifications were done, but I don't think anything in your mind had prepared you that, Hey, I'm done with my active duty uh, I'm a veteran. I'm at the VFW. I'm pouring beers. I'm having a good time. Here's some fellow brother Marines, you know, and we're going to have some camaraderie. And then yeah. it's like, boom, they they dropped this this news on you that, is there anything could have prepared you for that? No, I was totally blindsided. I, As I said, I thought they were coming from a function or something, and they were just coming in for a beer. And it just didn't turn out that way. The reason I think I bring that up is because most of America really doesn't know uh, that uh, how people become notified and aware almost, I can't speak for everybody, but the vast majority of time is done person to person. It's not done over the telephone. 
It's not done by email. It's not done by text. I remember being a 22-year-old kid, a 22-year-old police officer saying, you got to go knock on these people's door at 3 o'clock in the morning and let them know there's someone's killed in a car accident. And that really did happen. And you're like, what do I say? What do I do? I don't know how they do it. And I don't know how those Marines had to tell you, hey, by the way, and it wasn't combat. It wasn't something you guys all prepared for, I'm sure. You knew that was a possibility. It was something that never should have happened. Jimmy was a lot like me in that manner. Uh, We had had long discussions about that. Jimmy was in the intel field. Uh, He worked for the National Security Administration. Um, Like at Fort Meade area around there? Yes, at Fort Meade at the NSA. Not at liberty to say what he did, but he did not have to deploy. And he volunteered for every deployment that came up because he was hard-headed like his daddy. And and he just thought that, you know, he wasn't a real Marine unless he got shot at. And I had to explain to him how important intel was because I was a ground pounder. All right, I was a radio operator. I was basically a grunt with a battery. And I had to explain to him just how important good intel was to us and the fact that he had saved more lives doing what he did than he could ever do with a rifle. After he passed, the Marine Corps gave him the Navy Achievement Medal. And in the citation, it stated that he was personally responsible for the identification and destruction of 25 high-profile terrorist targets. He could have never done that on the ground. And I'm never quite sure how to say this, but I've said to, to many people that are veterans, and they're saying, but you know, I never, I was never downrange. I was never in combat. That's beyond a lot of people's choice. You, when you sign up, when you enlist, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know. Absolutely. So you, you're writing that check, as they say, uh, that could be cashable with your life. And uh, yes, whether you go to combat or not is not often your call. Uh, but you made yourself available. And that's what really matters. As I've said a lot, soldiers, Marines, seamen, airmen, they don't make policy. They go where they're told and they do what they're told. And it's not an option. You gave up that option when you signed that contract. Right. What what kind of guy was your son? It's, I get that he was a squared away Marine. I get that he was a, a good young man. I get that he was a contributing member of society. But what we don't get to hear about is, what was he like as an individual? He was, and I know it sounds biased because I'm his father, but my son was incredible. He was brilliant. They took the, I don't know if it's the ACT or which test it is for college, but the maximum score was a 35. Jimmy scored a 33. The maximum score on the ASVAB to get into the military is 99. The average scores in the 50s, Jimmy scored a 97. My son was given a four-year scholarship to Bradley University here in Illinois, which is a very prestigious university for electrical engineering. And he chose to, to quit doing that and go into service. That's the kind of son my, my boy was. And that's the, kind of, that's the kind of guy that I think most of us tried to be at some point in our life and say, hey, yeah. Uh, when it's all said and done, we go through our rebellious teenage years and early 20s, and and then we start figuring out what kind of guy we want to be. And I always tell people now, now that I'm in my 60s, 
which, by the way, I never thought I'd get this old ever, ever. But I'm not the man I want to be yet, but I'm a whole lot different guy than I used to be. And it sounds to me like your son was well on the way to being the kind of guy he wanted to be much earlier in life. Jimmy was never a problem. He didn't go through that rebellious thing. It was it was amazing to me. Him and I and I have to give credit the people he hung with. They were all very smart young men and women, and were never any trouble. And Jimmy was mission oriented. He knew what he wanted in life, and he knew what he had to do to get it. And on that note, we're going to take a short break. We are talking with Jim Walden on the Law Enforcement Today Show talking about the tragic death of his son and the circumstances that complicated this. More of that conversation heading your way in a few moments on the Law Enforcement Today Show. So many people ask me, how did I transition from police work to a career in radio? What did I do to become a music radio DJ? Plus, host of the syndicated Law Enforcement Today radio talk show and podcast. The answer is simple. I attended the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting where I learned by doing. At Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting's 11 East Coast campuses, students have learned by doing for 55 years, radio, television, podcasting, and now coding for web development. At the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, students learn in months, not years. Day and evening classes are available. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting is perfect for those graduating from high school, adults looking for new career training, first responders, and veterans too. For veterans, some or all your tuition could be covered by your VA benefits. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting has locations in Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, and North Carolina. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, training in audio, video production, television, sports, podcasting, radio, and web development. What are you waiting for? Get more information. Call 800-887-2346 or online at gocsb.com. For special offers and consideration, tell them you heard about them from Law Enforcement Today. That's 800-887-2346 and online at gocsb.com. Again, 800-887-2346 and online at gocsb.com. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today show, never fear. You can listen to them online. Just go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, or download our free app, also available on our website. That's lawenforcementtoday.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today show. Joining us on the phone from Illinois, Jim Walden. Jim, a Marine Corps veteran, and his son, Jim Walden, was he the third, I believe, I read? Yes, he was. He was also a Marine Corps veteran, and he was uh, killed in an accident riding his motorcycles, a hit-and-run accident involving a guy who was determined to be an illegal alien. Um, And just for a point of reference, I don't believe in putting names of suspects and people who bad things on the radio. It's just a personal thing for me. I don't believe in giving them any publicity whatsoever, so I'm not going to ask his name. I'm not going to bring it up. If you want to, that's on you, brother. I, I just would rather not. You said earlier in the conversation that it was known to the authorities of Maryland he was here illegally. He had many prior contacts with the law, and he was under probation at the time that yes. he hit your son. Yeah, he was. He violated his probation. That was another charge. Somehow went away. Was it because um, he'd been drinking and driving and, and they couldn't prove it? Is that what it was? 
They wouldn't know because they never checked his blood. How long after the accident was he found? Uh, about an hour and 45 minutes. And that's part of the reason why. Uh, time, because the, the, the way the body, and it's been a long time, but the way the body processes alcohol, uh, if you don't get a breathalyzer within, uh, I think I think it's 45 minutes, uh, it's pretty much inadmissible in court. Uh, and same with the officer's testimony, but there could have been all kinds of indications that he was under the influence, and they charged him with violation of probation because of that? They charged him with violation of probation because he had fled the scene of an accident. Gotcha. Um, he violated the law again. He got his probation revoked. The thing about the, the the alcohol and the blood and all that, the breathalyzer maybe not, but blood content may have played a factor if they had checked it. Right. The sad part is they did check my dead son's blood. And you know why? It's you, horrendous. You, you and I have talked about that, and you know why. I do, but... It's you because they, they say What's that... good for the goose is good for the gander. Exactly. But, and I'm not saying this is correct, but it's the criminals that have rights. It's not the victims. And it's not the I victims' just, families. They had to go through the whole process of reenacting the crime scene and all this just to prove that my son wasn't at fault. This guy was on the wrong side of the road doing 65 miles an hour. I had they had to prove that my son wasn't at fault, and that was for the that. defense per, uh, to, to counter potential defense. Yeah, p- posturing in court. Yeah, I'm assuming. And it, it, it's amazing to me the difficulties we faced with this trial. This thing started out; he had like 13 charges against him. Five of them were felonies, and it ends up. He gets prosecuted for leaving the scene of an accident involving a death, which is punishable by 10 years. They plea bargained it down to six, of which he's going to do less than four. Right. Because he gets maximum good time because that's not considered a violent crime. What they got him for leaving the scene was not considered a violent crime. So he gets, and what I understood was two and a half days a month is what I read in the paperwork they gave me. And I just found out three weeks ago that, no, he's getting day for a day, which means he could be out before the end of this year. And he's not supposed to be out until the end of October of next year. And this, by the way, is in a part of Maryland that's supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be tough on crime. And they have a much tougher posture on crime uh, whether it be vehicular crime, vi- see, I don't differentiate between violent crime and homicide by automobile. I know a lot of people do, and here's the reason why: when someone is v- violently hurt, seriously, traumatically hurt, whether it be from a intentional striking with the vehicle or by accident, the damage to the victim is no less. They're no less dead. And the damage to the family in, in your situation with your son, he, like you just said, he's no less dead. His mother and I live it every day. There's not a day that goes by that something doesn't come on television or something doesn't come on the radio or somebody doesn't say something about their son or their daughter that you don't relive it. How do you and his mother... Find, for for lack of better words, and I hate this term, your new normal uh, after this, where you, you've you learned to function 
There's nothing that makes it go go away or get better. You just have to find a way to carry on, correct? Yeah. And I'll I'll be honest with you. There's days when you get in and you breathe in, you breathe out, and you go to sleep, you get up and repeat. And And there's nothing else you can do. There, there's nothing that you can do to feel normal. Part of your soul's gone. His mother struggles to even to even talk about him. Well, I'm glad you are. Americans need to know about people like your son, uh, and there's people like him all over this country that yeah. are just the best of the best. And I love people, love, I say it jokingly, but they love to get into millennials and, and snowflakes and terms like that. I'm going to tell you, yeah. some of these young military men and women that I've met are the toughest of the tough. And they're smart, they're dedicated, and they defy all those stereotypes. And that sounds like the kind of guy your son was. Yeah, I've said it. The day of the dumb grunt is gone. I don't uh, really believe there was today. a day of the dumb grunt. You can say that, but uh, everybody had they had skill sets, and uh, they were some of the I, best I've ever met. The, the military of today are educated. They are intellectual. Okay, they are no less dedicated. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say anything in that manner, way, shape, or form, because after Jimmy passed, they had a memorial for him in Maryland. I've never seen the Marine Corps do what they did to my son. Yeah. They sent his entire platoon to Peoria on orders so that they could be at his funeral. They brought one boy all the way back from Kuwait so that he could be at my son's funeral. So in his young life, he touched a lot of lives. There were 1,200 people at my son's funeral. Uh, He was, what, 21 when he was killed? Yes, sir. I'll be honest with you, at 21, I was a a young police, Uh, I thought I was a squared away guy, I thought I really had it going on, but I really hadn't learned much of anything at that point, there was still so many many things to figure out, and uh, so many lessons to learn, and I don't think that I affected anywhere near the amount of people your son did in his short life. It was incredible. We live in a small community, Peoria Heights. It's just kind of a suburb of Peoria. And the entire town was affected. They had an assembly at the school, an all-school assembly, grade school and high school, together. I had a shadow box that was given to me with his dress blues in it, with all of his awards and everything. And they hung it in the school for a year. It hung in the front foyer of their school for a year. We're going to take a short break on that note. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. 
in addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those suffering from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformation Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. Got questions? They have the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Back to our conversation with Jim Walden calling us from Illinois. I'm John J. Wiley, host of the Law Enforcement Today show. Uh, for those just joining us, I met Jim when I was in Washington, D.C. for the Federation for American Immigration Forums Hold the Feet to Fire Radio Row event at Capitol Hill. Uh, and there were probably 150 law enforcement officers across the United States. And then there were these really impressive people. They had shirts on, T-shirts, matching T-shirts. I'll let Jim explain who they were in a moment. And, and Jim was one of the guys I had a chance to talk to. There was two different groups there. What were the names of those groups, Jim? There were the Angel Families and AVIAC, which is the Advocates for Victims of Illegal Alien Crime. And when I had a chance to talk to some of them, uh, I said, hey, listen, we, we want people to understand the Law Enforcement Today show, while it's called Law Enforcement Today, primarily for first responders, primarily for law enforcement and families, there's a lot of people, they are victims of crime, and they don't have a platform to tell their stories. Uh, and, and I want them to understand they can come on here and tell their story, because there's a lot of inspiration in how they, we talked earlier, get to their new normal. Uh, so we talked, and I've talked to some others. Please pass a word. They're all invited. Just just call me. When you said you were in D.C., one of the things about that event that impressed you was it gave you the opportunity to tell your story about the impact it's this your son's death has had on your family, and you don't get that in too many other places. No. The, I was really, really deeply impressed and touched by the fact that there were actually 191 sheriffs from all over the country there and you don't hear in the media of the support that my side of the argument has and to see that was empowering enlightening and it just gave you a feeling that somebody actually wanted to hear what you had to say i made a trip to maryland to testify before a state senate subcommittee on illegal immigration and becoming a sanctuary state and I've never seen ruder behavior and unprofessional behavior by anybody in my life as I did the eight politicians that were sitting on that board. It, they completely ignored the people that were testifying about people that they loved that had that been taken by these people. They, they talked on their phones. They played on their computers. One guy even got up and went out and got food and came back in and sat down and was eating his dinner. Well, these people are pouring their hearts out. Is it and they least, just didn't care because you weren't from Maryland, or they just don't care? It was a whole day full of people. There were probably 50 different people that testified that day. I got 
so upset and uh, just plain out mad, okay? I sat there all day and waited and waited and waited for our turn. Finally, when they got to our issue, then you wait through the line of people to testify. And I'm watching these people, and they're just basically ignoring what we had to say. And when it came my turn to speak, I gave my statement to the man I was there with, with Aviac, and I had him read it in because I was afraid that I would embarrass Aviac and that I'd be escorted from the courthouse. That's just how bad it was. I was not prepared for just how little they they cared about what I had to say. And I wish I could say that that was, your experience was unique. That's not uh, common, but that's not what I've heard from other people at Aviac, that is very common. And it's not just in Maryland, it's all throughout the United States, especially states that have these sanctuary states or city-leaning policies. Yeah, and Illinois is one of those as well. And this goes back to the conversation we had earlier. I don't understand how they put preference or priority over one group of people over another. I don't understand how you could possibly have a sanctuary city, county, state, when it's against federal law. How are are these places getting by with this? That's above my pay grade. I really don't know the answer to that. I can speculate, but I, I really don't. I don't, it doesn't make sense at all in my limited mind. So I don't speak out and say, I, they do this because of this. And b- by the way, there's plenty of people in the news that do that, uh, you know, on Fox and other channels. They speculate they, they're, they're pundits and that's their job and they do it well. I'm not one of them. I can only speak from my experience. And from my experience, none of this makes sense. It's been two and a half years since I lost my son and I don't have any more answers today than I had the day it happened. I don't have any relief from the grief, from the pain. And I can't, and I can't figure out how to find it. At least with some people uh, I've had on the show where they've had loved ones who were killed, uh, say law enforcement officers, they, they found they had a new mission, and their mission was to try to help others who have gone through similar. Uh, yes, sir. But And that's mine. I am retired. That's the only thing I can see that job. could be a, a potential upside for this, that you can try to help from your own experience. Other than that, I, I'm just as, as baffled as you are. Uh, this is my new mission in life. Uh, I'm retired now, and I don't, I just, I would not wish what happened to my wife and I on my worst enemy. And I don't want to see another parent go through it. And there's just, we need as much support for the victims and their families as we do for the illegals. And we don't get it. And by the way, I want to clarify for people say this was just an accident. It was a traffic accident until the guy made a conscious decision to commit a criminal act by running away. It wasn't just an accident. It was an accident involving crime, violent crime. When people are killed, it's a a crime of violence. If he'd stayed there and manned up and and did what he's supposed to do, I don't think you and I would have the same tone in our conversation. I've, I have a different opinion of that. I believe that 
by running 65 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, he was conducting himself recklessly. Oh, yeah. No, don't get me and wrong. That's I agree. the definition you. of reckless manslaughter to me. Yeah. That is the definition of it. And the antiquated laws in the state of Maryland, they could not even get him because he didn't meet the five criteria. Which were? I'm, I, I couldn't name them off to you now. But irregardless, you're driving recklessly and you take a life. That's reckless manslaughter. Yeah. Not in Maryland. They create so many technicalities with these laws. And I always say this. Part of the reason our laws have become so complicated is primarily because our legislature at a federal and state level is comprised mostly of lawyers. Lawyers also are the main components of courtroom activity, defense, and also prosecution. They're not going to pass legislation that's going to decrease their potential for earnings. They're just not doing it. So whether it be taxes or, or traffic law or criminal law, they make it more complicated than it needs to be. I don't understand. You know, I don't blame the prosecutors. They were very open with me and very clear with me from day one. They were operating with one hand tied behind their back. Things as simple as we had a video made up of pictures of Jimmy throughout his life that we showed at his funeral, and we took that to Maryland, and they actually had to edit out every picture of him younger than the age he was when he died because that would be bad for the defense. If they showed pictures of him as a baby, pictures of him as you know a young adolescent, they want they couldn't show that. But yet the news media will show photos of the suspect at their communion or, or eighth grade graduation. Yes. yes. And say this yes. this choir boy, he was a choir, he was a good boy before this occurred. He's just being picked on. Well, this boy admitted during his parole hearing last year that he had actually been in the state since 2002 illegally uh, that he had paid $150 for false documents uh, that he intentionally targeted the state of Maryland to move to because it's known across Mexico what states are friendly to illegals Now, good lord how bad is that yeah, word gets around. What's always people choose the path of least resistance. Uh, Jim Walden, I appreciate you coming and talking about such a difficult subject, uh, and I want to extend you an invitation to come back on the show again in the future. And please let other family members, uh, similar situations, yours, know that they have a voice and a platform here at Law Enforcement Today. I am so happy that you let me come on and talk about it because nobody seems to want to hear it. One of the questions I get all the time, especially when we're talking to other radio stations about adding a Law Enforcement Today radio show to their lineup, what is your show all about? And it's not what most people would think. It's not confrontational. You know how Investigation Discovery Channel has all these shows about investigations and people have a curiosity about police? Well, we feature police officers, law enforcement officers, active, retired, spouses, family members, and supporters talking about their experiences from their point of view. 
if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest but you know doesn't want to say uh i don't want to seek attention myself we'd love to hear from and we'd accommodate them from anywhere it doesn't matter where they are we're in florida they don't, they could be anywhere minnesota wisconsin oregon doesn't matter we can uh, record them here in our studios in south florida so just contact us. The easiest way is go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the Contact Us tab. Send an email to me, jay at lawenforcementtoday.com, or robert at lawenforcementtoday.com. You can also send a message via Facebook. We're all over this thing called the World Wide Web, Instagram, and all that stuff, too. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. If you've got another great guest heading your way next week, don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. Thank you.